I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt, and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. What a week. We say that every week now, don't we? Every week is madder than the last, isn't it? I was chatting to a colleague earlier about when politics went bonkers. Yes. And there's any number of points, isn't there, in time. But we came to the conclusion that it was when Gordon Brown accidentally called that woman a bigot. Uh, Gordon Brown, texture like sun. Um, yes, it, it could have been. Although, you know, the, the frenzy of when May lost her majority... Yeah, I think that was the moment that, that pushed it right over the edge. That's when it went right over the edge. I think the, the, all of this it would be fairly frantic, but if they were operating on a you know on a majority, of, what was the majority before she she went to the country? Uh, Fifteen yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, workable. Cameron's workable, close, tight but workable majority, which you thought would just be sort of chipped away. Um, by um, by by elections, and it might be um, you know um, that was the moment when it went really uh, crazy. Yes, well, I would agree with that. Now we'll and get now, to we'll we'll, we'll, do, we'll do this. Gone truly crazy. <laughs> now, now we're beyond crazy, aren't we? Well, we are. We will get, of world. course, to the news very soon because I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast come here first for their news they do. so they will be waiting they with deliberately bated, don't listen to the news absolutely they will be waiting with bated breath and it's quite difficult to avoid it for a but week. they do if you if you bait your breath for a week <laughs> I, I would advise you not to bait your breath for a week <laughs> I would suggest that that's probably not a great idea no. as well um, but they do wait we know listeners contact us and, bait. and, and they bait they await and they bait and they bleep sometimes they I don't do, know what yeah. that was uh, and we will also do a Brexiteer of the Week, of course. Uh, but first, I think we should rewind a little bit, Steve. Like a bow selector. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, tell people about Podcast Live. Okay. Well, Podcast Live is uh, on the 5th of October. Uh, it's between 10 and 5. Which is a week on Saturday. It is. A week tomorrow, if you listen to this on the day of broadcast. That's right. Or release. And, um, yes, and uh, it's going to be very exciting. There's lots of different podcasts there. Some people we like, some people we don't like so much. Are you talking about me when you say that? Yes. <laughs> uh, we are on, it's 10 till 5, 
It's a friends meeting house, which is opposite Euston Station. Very easy to get London, to, very accessible. In that London. Um, we're on the 2.15, I believe. Yes. Uh, lots of other good podcasts. Tell you what, that's and a lovely slot. Podcasts. No, they're all good podcasts. It's a nice slot, that, actually, isn't it, 2.15? It is, yeah. Because we can get the train. I'm just thinking about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get the train, well, get on the cans. Yeah, we can get on the cans, <laughs> we'll be... Uh, we'll be fully warmed up. We won't really be on the cans we beforehand. We won't really be. We've got two amazing guests. We have. We've got we've from the re- new European. We've got the great Bonnie Greer. Oh yes, can't wait to uh, to, to to see Bonnie. She will be fantastic. And we've got the great James Ball. Absolutely, uh, ditto that. Who will help us try and make sense of all of this madness? They're both brilliant. I'm not sure they can help make sense of it. You can get tickets at politicslive.com. You can, uh, and uh, if you uh, if you go down there, you can um, you can click at the, the the ticket under our logo, and you get front section VIP access to our show. Or tickets for our show thirteen fifty. You could come to the whole day for thirty two fifty. We've got free badges. There are new badges. I've seen the new badges, and one of them says "Fromage, not Farage." One of them says "Don't blame me, I voted Remain." Uh, they're good, they're free, you can take a couple away with you. Um, all you've got to do is come and see us, Podcast Live. Well, we're looking forward to it, certainly. We hope to see as many people uh, there as possible. Go to podcastlive.com. I tell you what, if you come, we're on at the same time as Brendan O'Neill and Rod Little. So that's an easy choice, frankly, isn't it? So it's it? a win-win, isn't it? So that's Podcast Live. I can't wait. It's going to be super. I think beers afterwards, Steve? Yes, we'll be drinking afterwards. Are we going to announce the pub now, or are we going to announce it later? Are you going to carry on bleeping? I am, yeah. <laughs> it would appear I am, yes. <laughs> the professionalism on this pod is second to none. Do you know what it is? Well, it's your phone. It's someone messaging it's you. It's my on your son, phone. who has just gone to university, who's asking me where he picks up his wristband <laughs> for a night on the lounge. Where does he pick up his wristband? Well, it's at the student union. And can, he, can he get us? <laughs> exactly. He's going to a comedy night. Honestly. That would be fantastic. Uh, a comedy night at the UEA. Oh, we could be the comedy. We could. There's no fun comedy. Indeed. Indeed. Shall we talk about something less pleasant? Uh, yes, because um, back on uh, when we picked up our papers on Sunday, we found out that Boris had a friend. A special friend. Special friend. Uh, well, uh, yes. I mean, this is a. This really should have been the big story of this week. I think um, in any normal sure, week. And I'm sure that there are some people who will say that it, all of this has been cooked up by Dominic Cummings to dis- detract attention from um, from Jennifer Arcuri. So, well, perhaps. <laughs> I thought you meant the other way. He cooked yeah. this up in order to yes, exactly. uh, distract from the important stuff. Uh, but this is important, actually, isn't it? Because we can laugh at this, but it is important. Jennifer Acuri yes. um, was a friend of Mr. Johnson's yes, way, was, during yeah. his time she, as I think, look, Londoner. Jennifer Acuri denies having any improper relations with Boris Johnson. I wasn't she? suggesting that. Um, and so do her family. In fact, uh, what did they say? Probably not something you boast to your family about. A family friend told the Daily Mail he sponsored her, he didn't screw her. <laughs> well, I It mean... may have been very flirtatious, but literally nothing happened. He did go over to her flat, which was in Shoreditch, and had a metal... Dancing pole. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it. I mean, there's nothing strange about that. Do uh, you not have a dancing pole in your flat? Yeah, he did go to her flat, but he was trying to be hip and understand tech. 
Yes, another friend. He would come over to get educated. Another friend, another friend perhaps the same one, I don't know, told yes. the Daily Mail. Um, she she had visited his flat. Yes. In order to give him private lessons in technology. Oh, blimey. And he was a frequent visitor to her East London apartment building. That's true. But it was all above board. When he gets a bit stinkier, perhaps, is uh, when they started jetting off around the world together. Well, the... The, the thing, the, the charges against Boris Johnson, which he's got 14 days to respond to. I mean, they're not actual charges, are they? But the, the things that are, the things that smell a bit fishy about this are conflicts of interest. This was a friend of his. Uh, their relationship went beyond somebody who was uh, set up a business, and he was interested in promoting it. She certainly had uh, privileged access to trade delegations. She went on three trade missions with Boris Johnson. Yeah, you're only really ever supposed to go on one, apparently. How many have you been on? Uh, Seventeen. Oh, are uh, you a close friend of the Prime Minister? Me and um, yeah, Lee Fox. Do you, <laughs> um, did you teach him technology? I did. Um, she went on three trade missions with Boris Johnson despite not meeting the eligibility criteria for any of those three trade missions. That's to do with turnover or something, isn't it? it was, one of them was to do with turnover. Mm. I think one of them was to do with her company hadn't been uh, founded long enough. Um, and one of them, I think, is, is related to it being maybe headquartered in the United States. She got well, 10, that's, the bit, that's the big one. We'll get to that in a second. She got £10,000 from a promotional company that Boris Johnson... Uh, was responsible for as as London Mayor, part £26,000 of public money that she's said to have received. He appeared at several events promoting her company. There's plenty Um, of pictures of them together, isn't there? You certainly can't deny knowing her. Yeah, exactly. And and they apparently they met when she volunteered on his mayoral re-election campaign in, in 2012, having come over here. I would have thought that that is... In itself is, is is slightly worrying, isn't it? That she came over here from America, she volunteered to work on his re-election campaign, and then we get to a year or a couple of years later, and he is appearing at events that she has organised, and she's getting money from um, promotional companies that the the mayor is, you know, ostensibly in charge of, and mm. she's a, a political supporter of, of Boris Johnson. Um, so, uh, I mean, there are some... The mail has, has filled in all the sort of the, the, the great detail that you would imagine the mail filling in. She, she, they were known... Spent so much time together at one point that people started calling them Bo-Gen. Uh, at 2014... <laughs> what would they call us? <laughs> Stitch. Stitch. <laughs> Stitched. Stitcher, that's good. Oh, I love that. Um, they, uh, he was, his name was saved in her phone first as the Commodore, which I think might be a reference to uh, the Commodore from um, Boardwalk Empire, um, who was uh, sort of around Atlantic City before uh, Nucky, uh, the character uh, played by um, Steve Buscemi, took over. Who, who's in his phone as Nucky? Uh, Nucky Bear uh, was in his phone as. Uh, as, as, as oh right, um, okay. So yeah, she, yeah. she was—he was saved in her phone as the Commodore. Then she changed it to Alex the Great. Right. This is so. Great. What she went into his phone? Well, no. In her phone, his name was saved as Alex the Great, 
uh, and the, it's because yeah because the mail have explained this Go on, then. I can tell you this Ms. Uh, Ms. Arcuri is said to have had Mr. Johnson saved on her phone as Alex the Great, a reference to his real name, Alexander Boris de Perfeffel Johnson, oh. and an allusion to Alexander the Great, oh, the legendary yeah. military commander in the ancient world. So that's a little bit of Daily Mail knowledge for you there. That's lovely. Now, um, only recently, in fact, um, Hacker House... Hacker House, yes. Uh, which was one of her companies. None of them seem to have done... Superbly well. I don't want to be rude, but no. um, the, the, she, she's no um, she's no Steve Jobs uh, at this stage. I hope she goes on to great things. I don't want to be mean. You know, yes. I'm not a mean person, Steve. Well, she she received a grant, or one of her companies received a grant of a hundred thousand pounds from the Department of Digital Culture, Media, and Sport. Yes, yeah, this year, hundred twenty-six thousand pounds. Well, sorry, it's a hundred thousand pounds, but she, but in total, she got a hundred. Oh, yes, sorry, I said right. twenty-six thousand pounds. Yeah, a hundred thousand pounds this year. Now that's despite the fact that she relocated to America last June. Now I would like to question the um, the robust nature of the checks on this because. Yes. Um, in, in Parliament, Matt Warman uh, said the grant had been awarded in an open, transparent and competitive process and cited the fact the firm is a company with a British phone number. Yes, so is that all you've got to have to prove that you're a British firm? Yes, and when it rang, when it, it rang, when it rang, it was a lady in America. <laughs> it was a woman who said the company was based in California. Yes. Uh, so if that's all you need <laughs> to get money from our government, taxpayer money, yeah, yeah, that's not bad, is it? Not bad at all, no. There you go. Not bad at all. So, uh, wh- where do you see this going? Well, he's got. Um, I see it going to the uh, Propriety Standards uh, uh, Committee. Um, I think. I mean, it was certainly very, very. It was. There were some very, very uncomfortable moments, weren't there, for Andrea Ledson <laughs> on Monday morning. Ledsom for leader. Uh, Ledsom for leader, as she tried to defend this. She said that, you know, Boris Johnson on his way out to America had said uh, he did everything with the utmost propriety, everything was above board, there was nothing to see here, uh, please move on. All of that was overtaken then by events. But, uh, you know, these these things, are, you know, the, the photo of her on the mayor's chair in 2014, these things are, um, you know, and... The old phrase from Watergate, follow the money, is, you know, that, that, really, it, that really is, there's something that is not right about this at all. Um, follow the money, kids. Follow the money. Yeah. Uh, but but then it, everything else happened, and we forgot about Jennifer Arcuri. We did rather. John Butler said it was all because of the MSM, didn't she? <laughs> yes. He said, why isn't the MSM reporting about Jennifer Arcuri, and you had to go, well, it was the Sunday Times that actually broke this story. It was, and uh, and a good story it is, and I imagine we will be reading about it again shortly. Now, yeah. I need to talk to you about Express VPN. Yes, indeed. Because in the internet age, which we are most certainly in, it's easy to feel like you have all the freedom in the world. Yes. Do you feel like that? I feel like that. Well, you shouldn't. Automatically. You shouldn't, because the truth, however is that we've never been monitored more by governments, ISPs and ad companies. In fact, all UK internet service providers, including BT or Sky, have to keep records of your online activity for 12 months. This includes all websites you visit, apps you use and your private conversations. It doesn't matter if you're suspected of a crime or not. The government can look into you without a warrant. That's why I 
Steve, yeah. and maybe you should, yeah. protect my online privacy with ExpressVPN. Whether you're at home or on public Wi-Fi, ISPs are recording your internet activity. If you don't want them or the police snooping on your data, you've got to use VPN. And it's not just people in the UK who need to be worried. In the US, ISPs can even sell your data to advertising companies. ExpressVPN is so easy to use. Just download the app on your computer or phone, click connect, and voila, you are protected. Use the internet just like normal, but with ExpressVPN, your data is encrypted and your IP address is masked. We, from now on, Steve, will never go online without ExpressVPN, and you shouldn't either. So, to protect your online activity today, like we did, and find out how you can get three months free, visit expressvpn.com slash Brexit. That is express, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, VPN, vpn.com slash Brexit for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Brexit to learn more. Now then, what's next, Steve? Well, what's next is, um, well, should we talk about Lady Hale and her lovely spider brooch? Yeah, go on, that would be great. It was a nice brooch. It was a great brooch. Uh, How do we brooch this off by the spider woman. It was all very exciting, (laughs) wasn't it? Do you think she picked it on purpose? Well, I think it added an air of drama to proceedings, didn't it? Certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I see she was referred to in the Daily Mail as an ex-barmaid. <laughs> That's how they like to. Is it true? Well, I think she did work behind the bar, but I wouldn't say. So if you were in the I Daily Mail, what would you be referred to ex, as? Well, there could be all, all manner of things, wouldn't there? Ex, ex chip fryer, ex chip fryer, ex, yeah. ex failed chip fryer. You'd be a failed say. chip fryer at a nightclub, notorious, notorious for its guns and drugs. Exactly, <laughs> notorious uh, guns and drugs nightclub failed chip fryer. <laughs> Uh, would be me. And what about you? What would Luke, you be? Just loser. Just general loser. <laughs> Failed Daily Mail journalist. <laughs> I wouldn't say when. Yes, exactly. That's Failed probably Daily my most. Em- yeah. That's my most embarrassing former job. Ex barmaid. So anyway, um, it didn't go well. I think we thought that the government were going to get off with it. I definitely. I think they we were. thought. As the case progressed, it became more and more likely that they weren't going to get off with it. But still, we thought, well, they'll come back and it'll all be all right. And you know, Boris, you know I was Boris Johnson a... clearly wasn't that worried about it, was he? Because he jetted off to the he did he jetted off to the uh, to the UN New York uh, to New York yeah to uh, chat to Greta. Well. Did he, did he chat to Greta? I wouldn't have thought I so. Although maybe did, that's really. why she was crying. Yes, that's right. Yeah, maybe that's why she was so angry. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Talk to me. Uh, and um, he lost 11-0, didn't he? Yeah. I, w- I was in a meeting when the news dropped. Which I really wasn't expecting. Not even Huddersfield Town had done that. That was 10-1. <laughs> it was 11 goals were scored. I was in a meeting and I saw the news alert on my phone and I actually dropped my phone and went... And the whole meeting went, uh, I had to apologise to you, and they all understood. Yes. It was fine. I'm not in any trouble, Steve. But you were not going to get any more work at that church, are you? So. <laughs> it was the primary school, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit like the moment when 9-11, when he was reading The Hungry Goat. Or oh, whatever. The Hungry Goat. Yeah. I'm reading The Only Plane in the Sky at the moment, by the way. Are uh, you? It is... Well, it's what you would expect. It's mm. a, it is a tremendous and forensic piece of journalism and 
That's extremely sad, obviously. Yeah, I'm reading Max Hastings' Vietnam. Oh, are you? In fact... Um, That's got a slightly happier ending. I was not really that much. Not really. Not if you know. Not if you're quite a large number of people. Well, no, that's true. I um, I was, I actually, I was reading it out loud to, to Colonel Kurtz the other night. Oh, were you? Was she? Did she? Well, she's a big Vietnam fan. Well, she did go up river. She did indeed. <laughs> uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. It's not. It isn't. Does she know that we call that you call her Colonel Kurtz on this podcast? Yes, yeah, she's been on the podcast and was introduced as such. Oh, that's right. That's while I was away, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, when she did her last book review. She yeah. is. She is in the midst of doing a book review as we speak. She's. Yeah. Um, it's a. It's a John Grisham novel. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because when I refer to my girlfriend on this podcast, I usually my call lovely, my partner. lovely partner, yeah. and you call your girlfriend. <laughs> Colonel Kurtz. Do you know what? She'd prefer to be called Colonel Kurtz than my lovely <laughs> partner. I tell you that one. <laughs> oh dear. So Boris lost. He did lose. And, and then he was really contrite about it, so it's all fine. It's all fine, yeah. So that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> except, Thanks for listening. Except he wasn't contrite about it, was he? Nope. He, you know, he sort of blustered through his press conference in New York. He flew back overnight and he came back. Frankly, in the great expression, full of piss and vinegar. Yeah. And instead of saying, well, I got that wrong, um, sorry about that, but let's just move on, he instead went on this extraordinary, um, extraordinary sort of performance in the Commons of, of complete shamelessness, which climaxed in the most horrendous fashion, which we can talk about in a second. But yeah. when he was still in New York, he got to sit with, he got the great pleasure of sitting with, with President Trump, and you looked at these two saddos together, one of them just been censured by the Supreme Court, he's facing these sort of Clinton-esque allegations about, you know, at the very least a conflict of interest with this young woman who's worked on his campaign. The other bloke is sitting there facing impeachment because of this... Uh, Thing, this call with the um, Ukrainian Prime Minister that he has amazingly released a transcript of where he's saying, do me a favour and investigate the son of Joe Biden. I mean, how he thought that releasing the transcript of this was going to clear him up. Anyway. completely extraordinary and, stuff, And yeah. you were looking at it and you were thinking, which of these sad guys is going to go first? You know, which of these two is, is going to be the first to go down? But what has happened since is that Boris Johnson has come back, and you know, when Brexit eventually ends, as it will, this is not going to be the end of this now. Boris Johnson is, has come back, and he is leading this country into a state of permanent culture war, which the same culture war which has elected Donald Trump, and the same culture war that exists in America, and makes America such a screwy... Place, you know. Right now, that is true. I mean, it, it was, he's clearly, isn't he, setting um, setting a path towards this sort of really dangerous people versus parliament yeah, yeah. election, um, uh, and you know, by 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 not accepting the well, not not accepting, but disagreeing certainly, and not saying, "All right, I made a mess. I'm sorry, exactly. I got that wrong." Uh, who does he want to be the Supreme Court judges? Who does he think it should be? Rod Little and Brendan O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. You know, or yeah. Jim Davidson and Bobby Davro, maybe. You know, you could, it could, it just, who, who does he actually want to be in, in the Supreme Court? 
Um, so, uh, Jennifer Arcuri wearing a spider badge. Or outfit, you know, when you lift your arms up and you get more arms. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Halloween soon. Yeah, true. Maybe Halloween is the time for them all to dress up as spiders. What was your, I mean, what was your feeling when, um, when talk of Joe Cox was mentioned on Uh, Wednesday night, wasn't it? This is, and he said, this is, this is humbug. So I was watching this, uh, as it happened and, I, I have to say I gasped. I mean, I have some I have some split feelings, I have to say, with the use of Joe Cox. I'm not entirely comfortable with the way sometimes that Labour MPs use the name of Joe Cox either. Um, I, I think that Joe Cox, uh, it's right that she's remembered, uh, you know, and, 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 and honoured, and that, that very, that excellent uh, debut speech that she made to mm. Parliament is, is, is quoted, and I think our politics... Um, is 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 much worse off without Joe Cox, and obviously, yes, it is an, a huge tragedy what happened. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But I do wonder, and I'll probably get you probably all have a go at me for this. But I do wonder You're if really with Brendan O'Neill there is this, is this your <clears throat> what I'm worried about is well, I just wonder really if if Paula Sharif was was bringing up. You know, was was mentioning it and going for this. I don't doubt her passion, and I'm not saying she's a bad yeah. person at all. But I just wonder if the, it was almost leading the prime minister down a road, you know, purposefully. And 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 um, I mean, it was a very well, very his... ugly debate. And I know that his language. I, listen, I I understand his language is is problematic. Mm. I don't particularly have a problem with with use of words like the surrender bill and stuff, but I, but I wouldn't use them myself. No. Um, I, I think it is, especially in times like this. Surrender, um, I'd have, you know, I think surrender might be part of a, you know, it's like the word humiliation, isn't it? I think humiliation is a frequently word used in politics, and I think surrender is as well. When you start talking about betrayal... Yes. And traitors and, and, and traitors, yes, which you I know, Boris Johnson, I don't think, has called anybody a traitor. No, but, but the general themes are. He's certainly said betrayal, hasn't he? And yeah. brilliantly, did you did you hear James Cleverly on Thursday morning? I did. Yeah, program? On the program yet? Yeah, he, he said he said the Prime Minister did not use the word betrayal, mm-hmm. and Martha Kearney replied. He said, "We will not betray the people who sent us here." And James Cleverly said, "There you go. You're saying he said <laughs> betrayal. What he actually said was." We will not betray. Yeah, so, cleverly by name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came <laughs> out of that really well. I he thought. said he added actually. It was it was a it was a really quite a remarkable interaction. He gave us he gave a similar, not quite as robust uh, grilling um, interview to. Um, oh, what's that blinking show called with Piers on? Good morning, Britain. Good morning, Britain. Piers wasn't on because he only works Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, I've discovered. Uh, he, he he was on there as well, and it was all very similar, with a little, little bit more, um, a little bit more of an easy ride, perhaps. Uh, but to today, he added, the temper in the house is unlike anything I've seen in my time. It's deeply uncomfortable. Uh, we've seen language and accusations flung around. I've been at the receiving end of a huge amount of this. I can't see how this is going to calm down until the big issue that has caused such division is resolved. Now, yeah, awesome. exactly. Now, this this is where, like I said, I have. I, I do have a slight problem with with people bringing up Joe Cox at all to try and make any kind of political point, even if it is to try and um, <laughs> you know fire fire an arrow at the prime minister, which of course I am absolutely um, uh, supportive of. 
Uh, Brendan Cox, of course, um, uh, Joe Cox's widower, tweeted, I feel a bit sick of Joe's name being used in this way. Um, he added, the best way for us to honour Joe is for all of us, no matter our views, to stand up for what we believe in passionately and with determination, but never to demonise the other side and always to hold on to what we have in common. And I think that's probably a sensible way of viewing it. Now, we know yes, um, that, that Brendan is, a, or has in the past certainly been an activist and is a, is a big Remainer, but I think that is actually a sensible view. And I just wonder, really, if, although Joe Cox was a, you know, very much a Remainer, very much, of course, a Labour supporter, um, a Labour MP, I just wonder if actually I think we sh- we need to take Joe Cox completely out of this conversation. I don't think she should be brought up by either side, to be perfectly honest. And well, all right, you know, Boris said, and, but 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 this is the really. But I do, but I do think, I do, but I do think that if you are going to bring up the name of Joe Cox, there is no better time to do it than in a discussion about whether intemperate, which well, not intemperate language, it's disgraceful language, calling people. You know, traitors and enemies of the people, and you know, Boris Johnson hasn't done this, but his supporters do it every day. I agree that the the lessons that we should have learned back then have not been learned, and in fact, we've gone further away from learning those lessons. We're further away. And what would have been the the right thing to do at that point would have been to say, Well, you are clearly, you know, very impassioned by this, and I agree that we should all tone down our language. Instead, he said that was the biggest load of humbug. I've I mean, heard. that's a disgrace. I, could, I, I, I can't. And, and I think what I was even more offended by was what he added next. Which, the best way to honour the memory of Joe Cox, yes. and indeed the best way to bring the country together, would be to get Brexit done. Uh, yes. I mean, I don't know whether. I mean, that is just disgusting. What is even more disgusting, I think, is this thing from Dominic Cummings uh, on Thursday. So the day after. Um, and we, we, you know, we've, we've heard of these reports about angry clashes between Johnson and uh, Jess Phillips, um, who was obviously very upset by all, all of this. Yeah, um, and rightly so. Listen, when I'm, so, I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. I'm yes. not, so, I, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm really not getting at Paula Sharif or a Tracy Braben, um, yeah. formerly of uh, Coronation Street. Of course, she was in the same class at school, a Heckman Dwight Grammar, as my uncle. Well, that's. Fascinating. My big old uncle Nick. Um, he he. Uh, she is the new um, MP. Or she took over from from Joe Cox uh, MP uh, yeah, for Batley and Spen, Spen, just down the road from where I grew up. In fact, my first uh, patch. She, she said that the reaction to his language. I think is is important. Yeah. What I would say, I'd just rather Joe Cox was yeah. was uh, was remembered and what. And the, the temperate views and the way she went about things was remembered as a, as a gold standard yeah. rather than she was dragged back into the debate every time someone wants to make a point. I can understand that. But, but I think that when... But, but you're absolutely right that Boris reacted in a disgraceful way. And I think Tracy uh, absolutely nails it. His language has an effect. It's not humbug. We are not collaborators, betrayers or surrendering to the EU. I think that absolutely puts yeah. a line under it. Anna Subri said she'd been reduced to tears. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and Stephen Crabb, of course, former Tory cabinet minister, yeah. he uh, added that he was shocked by the way the Prime Minister responded. And I think we all were. I mean, it yeah. was extraordinary, extraordinary. Well, apart, apart from Dominic Cummings, who, who was presumably, as, as Rachel, I mean, we can get on to what Rachel Johnson said in a minute, but, you know, one of her theories was he's been fired up um, to this, he's been put to it by Dominic Cummings. Dominic Cummings, by the way, Confronted on the parliamentary estate by the Labour MP Carl Turner, 
who said MPs, including himself, had received more death threats. So this is since, you know, presumably since um, this uh, this all happened, the Supreme Court verdicts happened. Dominic Cummings responded, "Well, vote for a deal, then." Yeah. You know that is that's somebody who does not deserve to be anywhere near number ten Downing Street. That is that is an absolutely revolting thing to say. I, I've written about a bit about Dominic Cummings, uh, which we we'll, we will come on to later on uh, in the print edition of the New York. Dominic Cummings. Dominic Cummings, as he's known. <laughs> Rachel Johnson. New European columnist. Yes, but she's I met not written her. for a little while. I met her some time ago, and she was lovely. She said it was particularly tasteless to say uh, that the best way to honour Joe Cox's memory is to deliver Brexit. Christmas is going to be interesting, isn't it? Um, around at the Johnsons. Do you she reckon they all have it Christmas could, together, though? I mean, it could be coming to. That? I think Boris is probably in numerous places, isn't he? Uh, over Christmas. I've no idea what you were suggesting. Uh, <laughs> Do you mean because he's like Father Christmas? He's, he's coming down a lot of chimneys, I would say, yeah. <laughs> he's, she what said, does that even mean? She what said, does that even mean, Stephen Anglesey? Should we talk about his sack? <laughs> maybe, maybe no. <laughs> How about no? She said it could be Dominic Cummings, it could be coming from my brother himself who enjoys being Prime Minister, it could also be from, who knows... People who have invested billions in shorting the pound and shorting the country in the expectation of a no-deal Brexit. That is Boris Johnson's sister saying that, telling the, you know, that she suspects that people who have been shorting the pound in the expectation of a no-deal Brexit have influenced her brother to take this line of question. These are extraordinary times that we're living they in. They are, really. It's amazing. Do you remember when Nigel Farage... No, not even his family can trust him. Do you remember when Nigel Farage tried to explain to me how you shorted the pound on text message? That's right. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> well, it was published in the New European. Very funny. Um, but away from all of this argument about Boris Johnson being... is it, Was he being callous or not? And of course he was. It's just bad is politics, he this, is isn't he, it? Can, can I, it is, and let's get back to that. But is he being callous or is he just... A bull in a china shop. Is it? That's not an excuse. So stupidity yeah. or, or callousness. Yeah, well, it's either stupid or callous. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, prob- yeah, yeah. Probably a bit probably of both. A bit of both yeah. I would, I All would right. say. Good. But it is bad politics. The Tory MPs feel it because what was the what was the immediate reaction? The, the immediate reaction the next day, the Thursday, was that MPs, including a lot of the Tory Twenty One. Uh, voted against holding a three-day parliament recess, so the Conservative Party conference thrown into total chaos by this. Um, and, um, and and I think that, look, a large section of the, this country, and you see them on Vox Pops <coughs> an awful lot, do have some sympathy for Boris Johnson. People who voted Leave, so, you know, when you hear them being interviewed, they say, oh, yeah, well, at least, he, you know, he's just trying to get Brexit done and all of this. And I sort of, you know, and, and if you voted leave, I do get that. And I, I think you were, you know, obviously, I think you're a bit misguided. But people support that. But do, are people really, even leave voters, do they, you know, to, to hear somebody describe concerns that inflammatory language, you know, is... is desecrating the memory of Joe Cox. To hear somebody describing that as humbug, mm. I don't think that's going to play well with very many people, only, frankly, psychopaths. Yeah. Um, so there you go. And also, you know, it, 
this has not been a good week for Boris Johnson. There's a surveyation poll, 62% of people um, say that he should apologise to the Queen, 51% of the country believes he should resign. Do you think you know, he did apologise to the Queen? Well, they think he has apologised to the Queen, don't you? But he's not admitting it, is he? No. Uh, well, should we, should we move on from one fractured, messy, screwed-up, infighting yeah, party yeah, yeah. to one that certainly is not? And I think, I should, I, I think I'd like to, to sing. Well, <laughs> shall we do I it? think I'd like to start by, by singing. Will you, will you join me? Yeah. The people's flag is deepest red. It shrouded off our martyr dead. I thought we were going to sing, oh, Jeremy Corbyn. And here their limbs grew cold. and I think it's stiff and cold, actually, because they weren't rhyme with it. Their hearts' blood died in every fold. Come on, Steve. The oh, Christmas song. tree. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's that great Christmas song. It's beautiful, isn't it? That was my version of the red flag. Well, what because what an extraordinary Labour conference it was. We had Labour conference. And, of course, just when we were hitting your ears last week, yeah. Tom Watson was playing computer games with his son. Yeah, they were trying what to have a little drive he, he was playing some... He was playing Raider. No, 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 no. It was, it was some... Tom the Hedgehog. No, I don't think so. It was Sensible some... Soccer. Yeah, oh, what a game that was. Did Sensi. You play, did you play Sensible Soccer? I like Sensi. Oh, that is a... And I also... Like He's from Norwich, that guy. Soccer. He is, that's right, yeah. What a, what, a, what a game Sensible Soccer was. Perhaps the best computer game of all time. No, they were playing a computer game, him and his son, and um, that's when the plot was happening. Yeah. And then he went out for a Chinese, I believe. Yeah. And he got a message telling him... You're in bother. You're in bother, son. Yeah. Landsman wants you out. Failed drive-by shooting, as it was described. That's right. So so there was an attempt by Momentum to try and oust Tom Watson. Yes, that didn't work. Didn't work, although, I mean, a Corbyn's fingerprints on this, he left the room just prior to it being discussed, supposedly. It's incredible. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Just when he needed a toilet break. He did. Or whatever, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a, a bit of a failed coup, wasn't it? It was a rubbish coup. Again, in in any normal bit of week of politics, that would have been the most exciting thing. We'd been we should be talking about Tom the failed uh, plot to depose Tom Watson and Jennifer Arcuri, and instead yeah. we're talking about uh, Boris Johnson losing in the Supreme Court, coming back, saying some of the most shameful things that have ever been said in the Houses of Parliament, uh, trying to drag the country into a permanent state of culture war uh, with his bizarre henchmen running around putting the frighteners on MPs and we're also talking about this uh, remarkable stitch up you know um, which which then occurred on the, the, the floor of the Labour conference um, it which, was extraordinary it, it was put to bed reasonably quickly wasn't it I think by Saturday morning it pretty much Tom Watson, yeah, it had gone. It had yeah. gone. Yeah. And then you got to the conference itself. Yes. Have you, just staying on Tom Watson, have you got any sympathy with the, having a dual role where it is, there is a, a male and a female for the Deputy Prime Minister, it, well, if I, it's elected? I think it would, be a, it would not be the worst idea in the world were it not completely confected to try and reduce the influence of Tom Watson. Absolutely agree with I you. Mean, yeah, just, you've absolutely nailed it there. I think the, it's a good idea at some of, point down the, the line. Use of, you know, equality as a figure for this is just appalling. The, the, the left is, I'm afraid to say, and has been traditionally, actually, um, a, a thuggish and male. 
Well, exactly, yeah. The, the far left has been Fergus and Mail, and this is another example of that being so. So then suddenly say it's because we want a female deputy uh, deputy um, leader is just a nonsense. Absolutely. Although I could, see, well, I could see it working at some point in the future, and this is a party that absolutely needs to... It's never had a female leader, apart from Margaret Beckett as caretaker, of course. Um, probably needs to address its gender balance a little bit. Um, uh, so, so that's not a bad idea, but now is not the time to do it. The conference itself, you're saying it was a shambles. I wasn't there this year. It's first year I've not been for a long time. Well, I thought John McDonald's speech and announcements had some good things in them and some unworkable things in it. Um, well, let me pick you up on some of them then. Um, I, they, they won't have, well, uh, I'll, I'll go through some. Right? Yeah, go through some. Yeah. Um, the... They didn't quite. They don't quite want to abolish private schools. The headlines ran away with the story a little bit. Okay, on so we'll go through the whole. Eaten. Yeah, yeah, not just McDonald's. Um, so, what, what did you think about that one? You know, the headlines read Labour want to abolish eating. It's not that's not quite well, they true. To, they but, want to remove the charitable, which is a big deal. Yeah. So which, your views on private schools? Well, I went to private school, and it did. did you, it was, did you it really? Was, uh, yeah, I did. I went to fee-paying school. It was great. I, uh, there's absolutely no reason that, that private schools should have charitable status. Well, I agree with you. My daughter goes to a private school, and um, I didn't, because I'm proper working class, unlike you. Yeah, that's, this is my working class alarm that's going off in the in the distance. <laughs> So, okay, I think, well, that's not such a bad idea then. As long as it's not done yeah. in an aggressive, it has to happen overnight. Exactly. I mean, yeah. there, were, there were people talking about, is this, you know, are they going to are they going to take land back into public ownership and buildings? But, I mean, that, you know, if it's just a charitable status, I could get behind that. Yeah, if yeah. suddenly Labour foot soldiers march into it and start dragging posh people out by their, what, what would it be, both sides? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> that probably is a bad idea. What about 60 billion... Of loans to people for people to buy electric cars. Is your car electric? No, it's not. I would oh. like an electric car. Again, I'm just. I think this is a good idea. An awful lot, but so many of these good ideas are not going to be able to happen because of the enormous electric car crash, diesel car crash, petrol car crash that is Brexit. Yes. Uh, if if that happens. But again, I think that's a reasonably good idea. It's taking a lot of money for electric cars. It, it is an awful lot and, of money. I mean, I'm hoping they're putting some plugs in. But you know, they, they, well, they're going to need a, a lot of plugs. A lot of they? extension leads. Um, but, you know, we, if we're signing up to this, if we're going to sign up to this idea that by, when is it, by 2030, you know, we're, there are going to be no more um, petrol cars that take petrol or diesel, uh, we're going to stop the manufacture of them. Then, then it's going to take a, a quake like that to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think. I mean, you know, I, I, if that is if that is feasible, and we can manoeuvre Brexit in some way that it remains feasible, which are very big ifs. Yes. Then, yeah, I mean, we can get behind that, can't we? Six billion a year of free care for the elderly. Difficult yeah, to argue against that. You can't, isn't argue, it? You can't <laughs> argue against it. Very difficult to argue against that. Uh, and a state-owned company to produce generic medicines. A state-owned. This is a really interesting idea, I think, and probably that again. This is quite a good, a good uh, idea. Um, These are eye-catching proposals. They are, they are eye-catching proposals. All I would say is that um, it is going to have to be. The, the, McDonald talks about finding an, a, a magic money tree in 
um, people who uh, pay tax offshore, and it's going to have to be an enormous magic money tree to, to fund some of these very good ideas. Well, quite. The, the money tree, I'm sure they've got people out there searching for it. Uh, there was, I mean, of those, of those th- three or four, perhaps not the perhaps not the private school um, proposal, but the, the last three that I mentioned are actually cars, elderly care, generic medicines. Would any of them have seemed outlandish in a Tony Blair manifesto? Well, I think private schools went out, didn't it? Private schools were certainly in it. I think, private, I think getting rid of charitable status was in the Labour manifesto in 1979 and 1983. Yeah. And I don't, so I don't think it survived the, the Tony Blair. No, I years. agree. I don't think it did. Uh, it I have be, got my 97 manifesto at mine. Oh, we can go. Uh, we can, I, 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 I picked it up the other day. We can read it. So, so we can check. Um, I mean, they're big, bold ideas, aren't they? They're very bold. I, I, I mean, so there was some chatter around the conference about whether this sort of eye-catching stuff was almost a beyond Corbyn policies. Yes. And is there a soft left candidate that could come in and, and deliver these and people could get behind? Because, of course, the sticking point with Labour being electable isn't the policies, I don't think, yeah? No, it's there not. Is, there is. In fact, I'll just turn over the page here. It's very old school, isn't it? It's no digital here. No, nah, absolutely not. Um, and and we see that there is uh, there is support in the British public, according to pollsters, for some renationalisation, focus on health, etc. You know, policies that that Labour will always get behind, I think. But there is one big problem. Yes. Jeremy Corbyn. He's known as Jeremy Corbyn. It is. Slipped behind Joe Swinson uh, in one of the the polls, hasn't he? Uh, Was that the Servation poll or was it YouGov? I don't know. Best choice of leader. He slipped to... Uh, I think Johnson was on twenty nine percent, Swinson fourteen percent, yeah. Corbyn on thirteen percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, who's who's your favourite page? Uh, my favourite page. Or what is your favourite page? Uh, well, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. Well, mine is Ben Page. What about Joanna Page from? No, um, ben, I've told you it's Ben Page. Oh, it's Ben Page. Yeah, I'm quite clear on this. Okay, you, I won't be swayed. Yeah, I won't be swayed. What about page ninety four from Private Eye? That, yes, it's in your page ninety four. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Ben Page is the chief executive of Ipsos Mori. He uh, says the public likes some of Labour's policies, like I mentioned, renationalisation, higher taxes for the rich. Yeah, we wouldn't like that, of course, being very wealthy. Well, um, but he added, the problem Corbyn faces, though, is that people judge, rightly or wrongly, on whether a politician seems competent. Oh dear, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oops. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's polling worse than any other leader, any other leader, since the 1970s. Yes. Yeah. The public, Mr. Page, my favourite page, added, the public don't seem to think that he is competent. No. He's probably worse than Michael Foote, isn't he? He, I think, well, he, he is, yeah, Michael Foote, Michael Howard, I mean, it's it's extraordinary. And it, yet they, you know, they all sing, oh, Jeremy Corbyn. Corbyn's back as... Uh, they stitch up the Brexit vote, so not to embarrass it. Absolutely. Well, Corbyn backers and, uh, you know, say, well, look at the polls before, look at that. But what I would say is, and I, and I think, actually, I'm going to quote Alistair Campbell, who said, the difference this time... Is nobody imagined Theresa May would turn out to be such a bad campaigner? Yeah. Uh, in two thousand, was a disaster. Exactly. In two thousand and seventeen, no one thought Jeremy could win, so people could do a Labour protest vote without yeah. thinking Labour would get into power. But I think the real problem for Jeremy Corbyn is, yes, he's good at campaigning. Theresa May wasn't. 
But I'll tell you what, Boris will be better than Theresa May, like him or not, he will be better out in the country. We saw that with the Leave campaign. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and the third problem, <clears throat> another problem, is that the rise of the Lib Dems, the association with the Lib Dems as the party of Remain, and you only have to look at, I was looking uh, just before we started doing this podcast at the, I don't know if you see the Jewish Chronicle poll, Luciana Berger is, is going to stand in Finchley and Golders Green. Brilliant. Now, uh, the Lib Dems got about three, three and a half thousand votes there. Uh, last time, very poor third, I would imagine, if not fourth. Yeah. Uh, it must be third, mustn't it? It would have been, yeah. Now, uh, the latest poll, they're on, uh, now it's become clear that she's going to stand. They're on 31%. Uh, Tories on 28%, Labour on uh, 27%. And those are the kind of seats that Labour, you know, that's a Tory marginal that yeah. Labour need to win. Absolutely. Well, I hope that uh, Luciana says in politics, I've got a lot of time for her. Totally, yeah. Me too. She's treated disgracefully. Absolutely disgracefully. And you know my feelings, if you listen to this pod on the way Labour have uh, handled the claims of anti-Semitism. I think, if anything, it's the members. It's those momentum members and the true lefties that have, that have flocked to Labour since Jeremy Corbyn arrived. Um, that that made this conference even messier than the people who were, yep. trying, you know, the, the politicians. Um, this is uh, a, a one momentum figure. I think this quote is from the FT. Uh, it may look messy. You're right there. Um, but what you're actually seeing now is grassroots members forcing a lot of new policy through. Sometimes with the help of smaller unions, and it's exciting. Yeah, but. I mean, there was a, there was an, we, we talked about the private school things, but the motions on the floor do go a lot further, one of which was abolish Eton. Yes, that's right. Which is an extraordinary thing to be talking about, surely, in 2019. Yes, um, you know, having, uh, having carefully avoided all of the, um, and do dodged Brexit and dodged the really identifying Labour as a party of Remain, what happens the day after that on the day of Jeremy Corbyn's speech, the, the conference votes for for freedom, complete freedom of movement. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, those two things that conference votes for and things that actually get into manifesto is not necessarily the same. But again, you know, it, it's uh, it, it goes to a credibility issue, doesn't it? It does somewhat, and I'm afraid I'm still, I don't really think that Labour have had a good conference. No, but it's been they've got since a free when? pass. God, yeah, yeah. But this time not... they've been given a free pass by what's happened uh, elsewhere. Everyone is as useless as everyone else, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think we have come grinding to a halt of the news, Steve. Unless there's anything you'd like to add. No. Well, I guess we'll pick this up with Brexiteer of the week. Order. The Prime Minister will be aware that Podcast Live Politics will return to London on Saturday, October 5th. In, indeed, uh, I imagine uh, people in this house uh, will enjoy uh, seeing Chopper's Brexit podcast and the uh, Delling pod, uh, whilst the Honourable Gentleman will no doubt enjoy seeing polling politics uh, to see how badly he and his party are doing. Typical Tory bluster. I believe the Prime Minister would benefit from seeing the new European podcast, UK in a Changing Europe, and to think about Ian Dale and Jackie Smith's For the Many. Order! Order! 
Whether the House wishes to see talking politics or escape Brexit with the week unwrapped, there will be plenty of room for everyone. Even the Liberal Democrats can see Never Mind the Bar Charts. And all of these podcasts are live in London on October 5th. Indeed, tickets are available now from podcastlive.com. Unlock! Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back, Steve. It is time for Brexiteer of the Week. Yes, it is. And it's also time for me to big up my um, article in the print edition of the New European. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Uh, you sound thrilled about that, as always. Well, I just think, yeah. Um, Go for it. Yeah. I'll, can I do some sort of promotion as well after you've finished? Well, why don't you do yours first? Oh, OK. Um, well, on Saturday, I'm holding a... Um, I'll be at the, the car boot sale. Good. There's some lovely things to sell. Oh, yeah. What are you going to sell? Um, I've got some records by Jericho. Then Jericho? No, just Jericho. <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> I've never actually been to a car boot sale, have you? No, are you, are you actually going no, to... No, I'm a heck of like going to a car boot sale. Better things to do, like sleep and drink. Okay, good. Um, in the print edition of the New European, then, um, I've written about um, Dominic Cummings and why he is the wily coyote of politics. He, he has these... Run schemes, doesn't he? He yeah. He brings out the old Acme instant dehydrated boulder kit. You know, why doesn't he just get on with ordinary politics instead of, instead of springing these wild traps which just then blow up in his face? So, so I've written about that, and, um, and, and, I, and, I, and that. I think what we've got to say about Dominic Cummings is that, do you remember at the end of August when he, he briefed people that he was not going to respect precedent and during the Labour conference, he was going to unleash a political bombshell. And you've just got to say, mission to conflict. Done. Yeah, quite. Well done. <laughs> so you can read about that in the print edition of the uh, of, of the New European and why this whole prorogation thing is such a, you know, it's a completely unforced error, isn't it, um, uh, on behalf of uh, Dominic Cummings uh, and uh, Mr Cox and, of course, Boris Johnson. Now, I, I like the um, politicians and, and political advisors as cartoon characters. Well, this is it, because Dominic Cum- I've been tra- toying with Dominic Cummings for quite a while, and uh, at first I thought he was a bit like Squidward. You know Squidward from Spongebob? Oh, yeah. Squidward is somebody who is tied to this sort of bumbling... Um, guy, you know, eternally sunny, Spongebob, yeah. and he's sort of, you know, they're bound up together, but Squidward really loathes him. Spongebob thinks he loves him. Yeah, but he doesn't. Um, and it's a, you know... It's the a, difference, of course, is, I think, that Spongebob keeps his pants on. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, that is very true. Although, you know, there may be hidden episodes. <laughs> um, and then I was thinking that he was a bit like the brain from Pinky and the Brain. He oh, was God. This, he actually looks more like the brain, yeah, yeah. doesn't he? God, he's got his all about big that. dome head and he's got these grandiose plans to take over the world. And they're always frustrated by the fact that Pinky, who is good-natured, isn't he? Sweet-natured, unlike Boris Johnson, yeah. um, as we have discovered, um, is completely useless. But Wiley Coyote, the, you know, the, the, the huge schemes which always go wrong, that, to me, is, is Dominic Cummings. He even so, looks so a bit like him, really, even though he hasn't got the round face, the eyes and the nose. Mm. Who, my favourite cartoon character, this is a, this is a bit, little bit controversial, um, is the drunk... Well, it's a gang of, it's a gang of cartoon characters, actually. It's, okay. the, it's the drunk 
uh, Mexicans from Speedy Gonzales who always go, Oh, you need Speedy Gonzales. Hey! Ah, you know those ones. Yeah, well. You're not really allowed to show it on TV anymore because it's deemed racist to Mexicans, well, which is, is kind racist, of fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But, but I'm not being racist to Mexicans. I'm just saying that they're my favourite cartoon characters. It seem like they're having a jolly old time. Well, that's good. I'm living I, their best lives. I did sort of adore Speedy Gonzales as a, as a child, and I also yeah. like Pepe Le Pew, which is sort of equally problematic. Well, isn't it? God, I'd forgotten about him. So um, basically, we, had, we were racist towards Mexicans. Oh, Warner Brothers, was it Warner Brothers? Yeah. Looney Tunes. And we sort of... And we were sort of okay the on The hero was a sort of stalking, stalkery... Pepe Le Pew, definite me too too. I'm surprised he hadn't been holding in front of a car already. Yeah, me too, Pe- Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. That almost rhymes, doesn't it? But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think you can, you know... Um, so, uh, different times, I think you would say. But Pepe Le Pew, definitely, yeah. The Harvey Weinstein of the Warner Brothers lot. Um... Brexiteers of the week, then? Yes, please. Should we start with Christopher Barker? He was really the star of um, uh, the, the star of well, last weekend now, because yeah. that was when this video emerged of this guy, Christopher Barker. He is the we've actually the guy who designs the front covers of the New European is actually a Christopher Barker. He's Chris Barker. Two very different people. They are, it's <laughs> Two a different very different person people. from the guy who did the brilliant felon cover uh, on this week's The New European. Christopher Barker is the Brexit Party's candidate for Grimsby. He tweeted an amazing video of himself saying, you know, the Brexit Party aren't finished. Our work won't be done until we've got British fish from British waters landed on British shores and trawled and processed using British jobs. And he wants British fish. (laughs) So what is a British fish? Well, I don't know. You pull it out and he goes, oh, do me a favour, dear boy, and chuck me back in, won't you? I don't know if they've got to register for settled status or they've got to have little (laughs) tiny blue fishy passports in their little fins or or, or what is it? Or, you know, I've got no idea. Or little Union Jack underpants on them. Uh, Well, I cooked lovely habit last night, me. Did you? Mm. How, How did you cook it? In the oven. Okay. Um, and uh, so British fish uh, delicious aren't they absolutely much better than those EU fish all smelling of sauerkraut and oh. garlic and mm. all of that anyway uh, he's, in, the, in the video he's standing next to a car he's, he's, it's clearly his, his car, car. Yeah. Uh, and somebody thought to put the um, in fact I think it's a guy called Otto English who's at Otto English on Twitter he thought to put the uh, registration into the government thing. I mean, I do that all the time. Uh, and it turned out that it was both untaxed and having an expired MOT. Oops. Uh, and it was a Citroen as well. Massive oops. French That's cars, probably worse. French cars <laughs> coming over here, not even obeying our British laws, the British fish and British people. For Brexiteers, it's probably worse that he has got a French car than it is untaxed and not got an MOT. Uh, then we had this very sad case of the, the, the diabetic... Arsenal fan on, on BBC Breakfast. Did you see it? I didn't see uh, it. So you, BBC Breakfast doing a vox pop from uh, Birmingham. Oh, in the, the obvious heartlands of the Guna. Why do they keep doing these vox pops with, 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 with people? <laughs> Why? I've done a few, but. Why? So they said, he said, um, he said, you know, I'm a diabetic and I still believe in Brexit. And the boy went, <laughs> well, what does that mean? And he, and he said, he said, um, I rely on insulin, but I still want to leave. And the, the, the BBC bloke, now piecing it together, said, if the insulin doesn't arrive for you as a diabetic, do you think that's a price worth paying? 
To which our hero replied, yes, I do. <laughs> Death. We voted for leave to leave. We didn't vote for a deal. We voted to leave Europe, and that's all we want, right? Right. And maybe his diabetes will get better <laughs> well, once we've left the, the, the shadowy grip of our EU overlords. I mean, you can't fault his passion to the cause. Yeah, exactly. But it, but it is a bit misguided to say that my death from being insulin will be worth deprived it. will be worth it if we get Brexit. That is um, bonkers, yeah. However, he is expected to get a senior government job within days. <laughs> uh, Nigel Farage, he was the Brexiteer of the week last week. He isn't this week. I love this picture that we've used of him in the paper this week. It's very well. good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is very good. Nigel. Uh, I was thinking last night, do you remember when he grew a moustache? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was great. Was it brilliant was brilliant, moustache. And uh, it was sort of when the, the, the backlash against Brexit was on, wasn't it? And, yeah. And people were saying, you know, he's changing his name to Fijal Naraj. Not do you it. think that the moustache will ever come back? Because there is a gentleman, we're both, uh, I don't know if, well, we haven't talked about it this season, but we're both uh, big American sports fans, and there's oh, a gentleman are. who's He's doing rather well in the National Football League. Who's got a moustache? Yes, he, yes, he is doing well, isn't he? Uh, Minchu, Minchu, G yeah, Minchu, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so maybe the moustache is coming back. I mean, I think I and could he's go called, for What's him. his first name, Minchu? It's Gardner, I think. Gardner, and he's known. And he's Gardner Minchu the second. He's, but there isn't a Gardner Minchu the first. Is that right? This is he's just adopted this. Oh, thing. I like him. He's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm beginning to like him more and more. There's and also that video, isn't there, of him? limbering up in the he, he does sort of stretches in the middle of the locker room pre-game stretches just in his jock strap oh man he's he, we like uh, a character in politics and sport G Minshew yeah. Prime Minister I would say yeah um, Nigel Farage did a very interesting interview with the Sunday Express not fawning at all uh, of course it was really fawning it was <laughs> terrible and uh, one of the questions was about what he thought of Remainers who switch parties and right. he said, how these guys have got any legitimacy, I do not know. Chukaramuna changed once, changed again. And that is a good Greedy. point coming from Nigel Farage, who left the Tories for UKIP before joining the Brexit party. Yeah. And presumably next week he'll say, Chukaramuna smells of beer and fags. And we should <laughs> stop wearing that stupid tweed jacket. Chukaramuna looks like a politician who smells good. Yeah, he does. I've yeah. got a friend who always think smells, he smells good. Enough. What do you think he smells of, Chukramuna? Oh, um, well, it, it'll I reckon some, it'll be some, you know, Tom Ford cologne, won't it? Or oh, do you like reckon that? that's really bloody expensive? Yeah, that that yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Ford. If Tom Ford would like to sponsor the podcast, yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> Tom Ford cologne. Yeah. I reckon he's probably. A, I reckon. Oh, he's a champion socialist, so I'm going to say Chanel Blue. Ooh, is that, is that nice? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, what I do don't you think know. Nigel Farage's cologne is? He wouldn't have cologne. Oh, it's Old Spice, isn't it? It's Old Spice. Old Spice or yeah. Brute. Or Karate. Rapa Noir. On the market. High Karate. <laughs> yeah. No, I had one just called Karate. One, like, it was a, I think it was a rip-off of High Karate <laughs> from Dewsbury Market. Low karate. And, and uh, well, I think it would just, I don't know what it was, but I, I felt like I was very grown up. What about denim? Denim, yeah. What about a Nigel Farage themed scent? Oh, it was a little, it smelled of, what would it smell of? Listener, you know where to get us on Twitter, at The New European. We'd love to find out. Nigel Farage definitely needs his own 
fragrance. It, uh, little tobacco, it would be tobacco, wouldn't it? Whiskey. Yeah. Um, hops. Uh, maybe the, the, the odour of a bare buttock in moonlight. <laughs> um, what? Gravy. <laughs> gravy. It's like suet. Suet, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Send in your suggestions for what Nigel Farage, Farage. for men who don't have to think too hard, <laughs> who don't like to think too much. Well, why is he in this list? Uh, Nigel Farage. So he's, well, he's in the list for being a turncoat, accusing other people of being turncoats. Also, in the same interview, though, and the, I, this story was missed by almost everybody apart from the New European. Apart from you. He said... Um, He's hinted that he's going to leave the UK. He said the States, that is the big game. Living here is not easy. Living in the States is a lot more easy. In America, you can live a normal life. So if you would like to join our crowdfunder for a one-way ticket for Nigel Farage to <laughs> go and live in America, with or without his moustache... I don't think, I think we should just stick him on a line or give him a firm a, push. That would be... It would be great if he was turned back as an undesirable alien <laughs> by the American authorities. Like the start of um, Godfather Part 2, where they're all lining I think stick him up. Oh, the un- all you would need to get him onto a lilo was a mannequin face down with her buttocks on show <laughs> and the moon, pack of fags, maybe a, p- a pint of old Churchill yeah, exactly. on there. He'd be straight on there. He'd, he'd, he'd dive on. swim. Ooh. The firm push as he gets on there. <laughs> he gaze down at the buttocks, finish his pack of regal king size or whatever it is these days, get have his Churchill and then he'd be like, Oh no, where am I? We'd be all waving. Imagine what that. he'd be like if he got to America we can have a decent Yorkshire pudding over here. He'd just live on Fox News, wouldn't he? And and what's the what's the mad, what's that mad one that does YouTube videos? What's he called? Well, there are so many. There are, but there was a very famous one. He used to be on Fox News. Alex, not Alex Jones, the man that Alex Jones. No, before known. that, he's. Oh, anyway, never mind. This isn't good radio. This isn't radio. This is not Russ Limbaugh. No, I can't oh, remember. Bill O'Reilly. Maybe. One of these are all my. I'm just people. naming all my heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us who number one is. But number one in the Brexiteer of the week is the entire UK conference. All and, of them. And if I hadn't been writing about uh, Dominic Cummings being like Wiley Coyote this week, I would have done a big deep dive into the UKIP conference. It's two years since I went to UKIP conference. Well. For one of the wildest few nights of my time. Who could have imagined that it would get even more mental? Yeah, yeah. than, than it, it, it is now. Run by someone called Dick Brain. Well, I'm say, I'm so Dick Brain is the leader of UKIP. <laughs> so Dick, the leader of UKIP is called Dick Brain. When... Let me ask you, when do you think Dick Brain made his big conference speech? It was a two-day conference. It's about midnight, probably. Well, the answer is that he didn't make the conference speech. Of course not. Because he's in dispute with the party's chairman, who's called uh, Kirsten Herriot. It's called Boo Brain. Uh, She opened the, the conference with a long speech about why he hadn't turned up to it and oh, said God. it's basically because he just doesn't like me. Um, let's try and be friends. Um, basically, Dick Brain is uh, is outraged that there's been some kind of stitch up, uh, as he sees it, by Kirsten Herriot and various other modernisers who um, who uh, ensured that Gerard Batten couldn't stand again. Gerard Batten, I don't think, was at the conference either. Anyway, he took his Batten all over. One of the star terms. <laughs> 
By the way, don't you miss Henry Bolton and Joe Marner? Oh, so much. We have to find out what they're doing. What can we get? Doing? Can we reach out to them? Maybe we can reach. I'll out tell you to what, them. they would come on the pod. Them two nutters. They would. Yeah. Let's right. I'll, right. We'll we'll see what we can do. I'll get onto that. Be... We had so much fun with those two they for about three months. That was like that. The start of that year. They got us through that period from Christmas to spring. Didn't it they? was wonderful, wasn't it? When they were on that when... tube train. <laughs> When they were on the tube trying together. When you were on the Today programme and he just denied it. That was brilliant. That was great. Yeah. When he said that he went to the party meeting that dismissed him wearing a pair of her knickers. Yes. And when she compared herself to Anne Frank <laughs> and then said, I didn't mean to say that I was being persecuted by Nazis. I just meant I had to stay away from the window. <laughs> Please come back, Henry Bolton and Joe Marley. I'll tell you what, the other week, or soon, actually soon, Richard and Judy are coming to do a special this morning. Oh, yeah. When Philip and, and Holly are not on... It is called This Morning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. When is. Philip and Holly are not on This Morning... Henry and Joe. It should be Henry and Joe. Richard and Judy, leave them be. Richard's fine, he does his bits and bobs. Judy's happy pottering. Yeah. Get Henry and Joe on. Amazing. Uh, so in the absence of Henry Bolton, in the absence of Nigel Farage, in the absence of... Who actually seemed sane compared to <laughs> well, Dick Brain and his they, cohort. The, one of the star turns um, was a bloke called... I mean, you couldn't make this name up. He was called, <laughs> he's called Dr. Peter Gammons. Get out, man. Dr. Peter Gammons. Someone has taken, someone has taken over UK he, and he's taken the mic. And when he came up to the... the and he's an extraordinary figure. He's... he's Quite a, quite a sizeable man. White T-shirt. He's one of the sort of, you know, I'm not dressed a bit like Steve Jobs. Black suit, white T-shirt, bulging. Um, Just like Steve Jobs, uh, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, he looked so like Chris Morris, the t- day-to-day host and yeah, Ford yeah. Lions director. He's yeah. got a new film coming out. And yeah, I thought, yeah. has Chris Morris actually... Oh, God, right? that'd be great, wouldn't um, it? But no, but he, that's not he actually is called Dr. Peter Gammons. Um, and he made an amazing speech about loyalty and losing a few opportunists to the Brexit party and how it needed to be made very, very difficult for people who've defected to the Brexit party to rejoin UK. Mm. And the extraordinary thing about this was that when he was introduced, he was the second penultimate speaker right. on, the, on the final day. Right. Um, he was introduced as being the first defector from the Brexit party back to UK. Really? But yet made a speech about the quizzling people who defected to the Brexit party. <laughs> however, <coughs> however, he was preceded by the most on-brand uh, speaker at this conference at all, a man called Freddie Vatcher. Uh, he was a failed leadership contender. He yeah. actually lost to Dick Brain. Imagine losing <laughs> to a man called Dick Brain in a leadership candidate. And Freddie Vatcher, I, I actually. I actually warmed to Freddie Vatcher. Maybe it's because I've been watching new people for about 11 hours at this stage. He came out, he brandished a piece of toilet roll. Right. Uh, which he said, he described as, I have written, he said, I've made notes for my speech on this. Pulled out a bit of toilet roll. He said, it's a bit of continuous roll stationery from a standard dispenser, which got a big laugh. Quite a good joke. Yeah, I like it. And then he said, you know, you might scoff at me making notes for my speech on a bit of toilet roll, but it is actually like the occasion when, and I'm quoting now, it's when on the men's toilet mirror in Alexandria, 
Field Marshal Montgomery sketched out his plan for the invasion of Sicily. And you went, oh, that's quite good. And he said, it was the wrong plan, as it turned out, because Field Marshal Montgomery invaded the wrong place. Brilliant. <laughs> and if anything sums up you, Pip, it is that story. A manifesto written on a piece of toilet roll for people who invaded the wrong place. So you, Kip, all of them are the Brexiteers of the week. Dick Brayton, Peter Gammons, Freddie Vetcher, congratulations. <laughs> we can't wait till next year. Maybe we should do the pod from, uh, from the UK talk at Newport. It must be said, it was a, not a well-attended affair. No, well, it wasn't two years ago when I went. And, was, um, I think room for about 450 in the room, and it looked like there was probably less than 200 in there. Really? Yeah, yeah. They are not long well, for you know, this world. They could world. have been out taking tea, couldn't they, or having a pint or whatever. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, what should the listener do right now, Stephen? Well, you can come and see us with Bonnie Greer and James Ball at Podcast Live. It's going to be that wild. Be great. As we said before, we're on at the same time as um, Rod Little being interviewed by Brendan O'Neill. Yeah. So, no, easy choice. I mean, you know, so let's get our numbers up. Uh, it'll be great. Come to Podcast Live uh, Saturday, October the 5th at Euston. Uh, tickets at podcastlive.com. Um, you can leave us a beautiful review on your podcatcher of choice. That would be very much appreciated. like handsome. Yeah. Richard, Whipped. Richard Porritt's voice really turns me <laughs> on. Yeah, that's your review, isn't it? That I is, knew it was I you. I believe in that one, yeah. Um, yeah. You can join the New European uh, Readers Group on Facebook or just like us on Facebook. And you can follow us on Twitter <coughs> at The New European. You can follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. You can follow me at Porrit, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. If you haven't already, go and buy another stonking edition of the paper. It's £3. It's on sale now. You will see it by its stunning front page. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.